0: Welcome to Destiny Church's weekly podcast. We're a church located in Columbia, Maryland, right between D.C. and Baltimore, and we're so glad that you decided to listen to our podcast. If you're looking for a message of hope, purpose, and destiny, then you're tuned into the right place. If you have any testimonies of what God has done in your life as a result of listening to this podcast, please email us at stories at your we love to hear how God is impacting people's lives through what he's doing at our church. Now, prepare your heart and mind to hear from God as we jump into this week's message. It says First Corinthians 13, verse four to seven. I'm gonna read it though from the Living Bible, so it's a different translation, but I like it. It says, love is very patient and kind, never jealous or envious never boastful or proud, never haughty or selfish or rude. Love does not demand its own way. It's not irritable or touchy. It does not hold grudges and will hardly even notice when others do it wrong. That's hard. It is never glad about injustice, but rejoices whenever truth wins out. If you love someone, you'll be loyal to him no matter what the cost. You will always believe in him, always expect the best of him, and always stand your ground in defending him. That awkward moment when you realize you may not be in love. (laughs) If that's what love is. Let's pray, Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for knowing us and still choosing to love us. God, I pray for everyone, God, underneath the sound of my voice, God, those in the room, those online, those in Baltimore County, God, I pray that you let every single person know that you see them and that you're working on their behalf. God, what a privilege and an honor it is to get to speak to your people, so I pray that you would speak through me. God, I pray that they would see that I'm but an ordinary person who's just simply been with the Lord. God, I thank you, praise you for doing, man wonders in my life and I pray God that you'll let people know today that you want to do wonders in their life encourage every soul in this room I pray that this word falls on good soil and we will give you the glory in Jesus name amen and amen high five someone say welcome back to the jungle say welcome back to the jungle if this is your first time we've been in this series on relationship just unpacking it and it's been good hasn't it if you missed any part of it, you can catch it on YouTube. It's just been good. It stepped on my toes, but God's a healer. Today, it might step on your toes too, but God is a healer. Just say, say, God's a healer. God's a healer. Oh, good, 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 good. We're all 100%. Listen, it's, relationships are hard. If they were easy, all relationships would be great, wouldn't they? Relationships are just hard, I don't know why they're hard, but I love this series, it's just bringing truth, it's bringing a lot of wisdom, a lot of practical wisdom, not mystical stuff, but stuff that you can apply every single day, so today you're gonna get something from this in Jesus' name, I'm just believing it. Now, a little bit about me, I have the best hobby in the world. I know a lot of people say that they enjoy their hobby, their hobby's cool and stuff like that, but mine is better. I've heard some people say that their hobby is soap carving. Soap carving, who carves soap? If you do, please don't raise your hand. <laughs> soap carving other people, they crochet. Crochet is just weird to me. If you do, I'm sorry. Cro- sewing is okay, but crocheting, I don't know. Maybe I just don't know how. Or maybe you have a cool hobby like boxing or maybe fishing or hunting and stuff like that. But again, my hobby is better than your hobby. You know why my hobby is eating. <laughs> I love to eat. Someone asked me the other day, okay, so you like to eat. What's your favorite thing to make? And I'm like, oh, that's easy, a reservation. <laughs> I love, those are so easy. They have apps that do it at everything. And I'm like, I love, I love going to restaurants. Any foodies in the building? <laughs> yes, my people. I'm so, oh my goodness. I love to eat at restaurants, especially that people have yelped, Any Yelpers? You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Oh, it's Okay, Yelp, it's like an app that has, and people can tell you like what they've eaten here and what the decor is and all that stuff. I love ambiance. There's just something about going to a prepared atmosphere that just makes me feel good. And the food, if someone said that the food is good, then I just need to be there. If there's a place that has a lot of reviews, like thousands of reviews, I just need to go. I mean, and I, when I go, I'm on 100. It's like, I'm, I'm hungry. I, um, I probably went, I'm probably hangry, honestly. I probably went to the gym, and if I went to the gym, I mean business. I'm talking appetizer, entree, and I am getting two dessert. judge me. The Lord loves me. But I am excited and I'm hungry and I'm just like, let's do this, it's game time. You know, a lot of places that we go to because they are um, really, really popular, it's just really crowded and stuff. So the first thing I ask when I get there is, how long is the wait? How long is the wait? And if it's reasonable, of course I stay. If it's not reasonable, 45 minutes or above, no I'm, I'm gone it's not that serious i don't like to wait however there are exceptions i will wait if what i'm what i'm about to eat is worth it i will wait if someone that i trust has spoken highly about this thing and they've posted about it i mean they've raved about it i'll wait like i have a friend um her husband is a chef so anywhere she recommends i need to go and i'm excited and oftentimes it's a long wait so i'm like I've waited for a while, but this is worth it. This is worth it. This is so good, and so I will wait. That's the only circumstance. Question, though. Question for you married people. How long will you wait, not for a restaurant, but for God's best in your marriage? Someone you trust, him, himself. He's spoken so much about marriage. How long will you wait to see God's best in your marriage? Single people. Single people. How long will you wait for the person that God promised you? We all have a number, don't we? Some people, it's six more months. If Boaz isn't sitting next to me in church. God. How long will you wait? To that the truth, Pastor David and I, we don't wait often in restaurants. Not that we're bougie or anything like that, but who likes to wait? Like, Valentine's Day last year, we went to a place. We were super excited about Okay, I was super excited about it. I'm like, this is And so we go, and 37 minutes later, we were still waiting. We were waiting and waiting. There were people who had been there earlier that hadn't been sat there. So we ended up leaving and going to a place that wasn't as special because we've been there a lot of times before. It wasn't that it was a bad spot or anything like that, but it wasn't, like, Valentine's Day special. You know what I mean? I think Valentine's Day is just, like... am I the only one that gets extra on Valentine's Day? That's a desire, right? But we ended up going there because we didn't wait. We didn't know when we were gonna get sat, let alone when we were gonna get served, so we ended up leaving. You know, I find that's how a lot of us approach marriage. A lot of us even approach a lot of our relationships. We don't like to wait for them. We don't like to wait for God's best in them, so we ended up going someplace else to a good enough spot, not a bad spot or anything like that. Our friendships, our marriage isn't that bad, but it's not the best. So instead of waiting for God's best, we divert to something else. And there are different ways where we leave and at the ultimate, mm mm-mm, I'm I'm about to bounce, like ultimate divorce, I, I can't take this anymore, I'm leaving, we leave that way. But before then, we start to leave by just getting emotionally disconnected with our spouse. You start to be a little bit distant, you start to pull back, and some of us start to just fantasize about how life without our spouse wouldn't be that bad. I mean, I do all the work anyway, so if if they're gone, I mean, bye. Or we start getting our needs met at different places. Or sometimes it's not even that deep. Some of you are saying, whoa, like, it's not that deep. Like, our marriage is not that bad. Is it that good, though? Because ever so suddenly we start to just, you know, divert our attention and our affection to something we can control, like our careers. Or we divert our attention to our kids and stuff. Just forsaking God's best, we do it. In 1 Corinthians 13, it says, love is very patient and kind, never jealous or envious, never boastful or proud, never haughty or selfish or rude. Ah, this part. Is it just me? Sometimes you read God's word and it's just like, that's hard. (laughs) Nobody else? I'm like, I'm human, Lord. Never haughty or selfish or rude. Love does not demand its own way. It's not irritable or touchy. That just travels up my spine a little bit. Not in a good way either. It doesn't hold grudges and will hardly even notice when others do it wrong. I notice. I saw that. I'm going to make you pay. I can be touchy. My husband's not here. He wouldn't tell you. Not that touchy like, mm, touch me. (laughs) Porcupine touchy is what I'm talking about. Like, I wish you would touch me. Tap you on my shoulder, no, I'm sick, leave me alone. (laughs) But I remember, something changed for me though. I remember just being in prayer one day, just, I wouldn't say I was praying, I was having a pity party. Have you ever had a pity party and you called it praying? I mean, I was going for it. This was like the best party ever. And I am just having the, letting the Lord have it. Like, I'm just like, God, like, this is just ridiculous. Is this really your best in marriage? Like, this sucks right now. I'm sorry if I'm being honest. But I'm just complaining about my husband. I'm like, he wouldn't read. Their eyes were watching God with me. He doesn't want to t- take me to the museum. And, and he hasn't even written me a poem in like, I don't know, like seven seven years, Lord. And um, <laughs> he doesn't appreciate how hard I'm working. And he doesn't know like all the details. And these kids, these kids, Lord, I mean, it was just... I was going, next time I'll invite you. Like, I was just going for it. It was a beautiful pity party. I loved it. Why? I was just, I was tired of my God. This sucks. This cycle. Things are good. And then something happens and it gets cold between us. And then we're waiting for each other and, you know, for someone to apologize. And I'm like, I'm tired of apologizing. I always apologize first. And I mean, I was just, I was having a party. And I heard the Lord say, Zai, what are you doing? Not in a condemning way. I was like, Zai, what are you doing? And I said, first, God, you know all things. (laughs) So I feel like you're trying to trick me. I'm like, what am I doing? Well, I'm feeling sorry for myself, duh. Like, And you know why I'm feeling sorry for myself? For him. You won't change him. I'm perfect. I'm being submissive, great wife, and you won't change him. It's his fault. And now our marriage is just, it's just, this is just not pretty, God. And I just heard him say, you're not thinking about marriage the way I'm thinking about marriage, I. My thoughts are not your thoughts regarding marriage. You're not doing it how I designed it. Marriage only works out of covenant, not convenience. And right now, you're feeling very inconvenience. So you're questioning your covenant. I said, okay? That's a little harsh, but explain. Convenience. In that it's more of a quid pro quo. You scratch my back, I scratch yours. You cook well, I'll do the dishes. I'm not going to clean the house, but I'm going to do the dishes. You buy me something nice, I'll make sure you have a good night. However, I commit to serve you regardless of your response. I commit to serving you all the days of my life regardless how appreciative you are. I commit to serve you and I will serve you cheerfully. That's that part, right? Because some of us will do the right thing but not with the best attitudes. do we approach sometimes our relationship with the Lord that way? But covenant, I will do this because I made a vow and Christ was there. And so I will commit to serving you regardless of your response. Okay, that's hard. I didn't realize how, I don't know, I guess secular or, I was about to say trifling I was, but I'm like, that's... I call myself trifling? Anyway, like that's hard. To commit to serving someone, regardless of how they respond? My God, I signed up to be a wife, not an indentured servant. Or maybe you said, what? So even if they don't say thank you, I should just serve them? I wanna be a husband, not a slave. I mean, like you don't know my spouse. If I really commit to serving them, They are going to take advantage of it. And what about me? What about my needs? Who's going to meet my needs? What about me? Like, who's going to watch out for me? Why should I keep doing all the hard things? Why? There is nothing that God created that he doesn't take faith to maximize it. Somehow we get this mixed up in our relationships, and especially, especially in our marriages. We want to walk by sight and not by faith. I'll do it if they do it. Yeah. That's that. I don't know what that voice is, by the way. (laughs) I think it's like my hood PG voice. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. But these hard things, God specializes in them. And sometimes God, not sometimes, all the time, God asks us to do these things because he knows we can't do it in our own strength. If it was easy, we would do it by ourselves, wouldn't we? But these hard things, it puts us in desperate need of God's strength. And let me tell you, this position, this position of just praying to God and asking him to move, this position is not pitiful, but it's one of power. It sets us up to experience God's best. Question for you, don't you want to experience God's best? How many of you would like to have a bad marriage? Raise your hand. Baltimore. Anybody? In the rafters, anybody? No, we want God's best. But there are principles in making that happen. And by the way, I don't have it mastered. I really don't. If you're looking for perfection, um, you're not going to find it if you're new here in a church and you're looking for perfection and you're not going to find it this is not your church for you we're a bunch of imperfect people i know some people come like i don't know about these church folks up there and you know they they're hallelujahs and god is good and all that stuff like i just i'm i'm that's just not me good welcome home there are lots of imperfect people here but we're in pursuit of the perfect one and our lives, they are surrendered to him and his principles. And those that have just surrendered their life to him, we don't look the same. Our marriages are not the same. Our kids are not the same. So if you're feeling imperfect, feeling as if I'm just, just got going on, I just can't come to church, you're in a really good spot. But today, you're not going to see me just start to boast about things because I don't have it figured out. But I do know what God's word says about it. And I have committed myself in doing things not by how I feel, but what he says. So if you're taking notes because you want to have a great marriage, maybe, just, maybe you, you're past that time. Like, no, marriage is not for me anymore. Still take notes. You don't know who God's going to put in your life to encourage. And some of you, I was just talking to someone out there, and they're like, ah, I'm just fearful about marriage. So I just don't dismiss, like, I'm really fearful about marriage. Still take notes. God is a healer. He is a healer. He'll heal whatever that issue is, and He'll give wisdom as to what's next. So, because we're all taking notes, we're going to write this down. Pause before you react. Pause before you react. Confession I do a lot of shopping don't tell my husband. And generally, it's within budget, so I'm not like crazy or anything like that. But I do a lot of shopping. I do a lot of online shopping. Anybody else online shopping? It's just so convenient, isn't it? And because I do a lot of online shopping, sometimes what you get just doesn't work out and stuff like that, I do a lot of returning. Like I return. Sometimes I get buyer's remorse. Anybody else gets buyer's remorse? Like you buy stuff and you're really excited in the store and it's just like and then it's in your car as you're driving home, or maybe it's in your cart and you actually press deliver and confirm it and stuff like that, and you get in like, I can't believe I bought that. And then you return, anybody else? Is that just me? (laughs) So I return a lot of stuff, I really do. And most recently, it was actually last week, uh, there was something that just didn't work out, and I was on the app to start the return process, and it said reason for a return, and I said I'm no longer needed, because I didn't need it anymore. So then the next thing is said, okay, that'll be $13.67. I said, what? $13.67? I'm not paying for that. I shouldn't have to pay for that. Online shopping is supposed to be convenient. You should pay me that this thing didn't work out. So before I confirmed it, I um, closed the app, and I'm like, okay, you're creative. You're pretty creative. Let's get creative. What if he said it was broken? What if you said, you know, it had some missing parts or anything like that? I know the app, how it works. It's going to code it differently. And what's going to happen, it's going to say, okay, it's broken. Then they're just going to give me just the, um, the code to ship it out, and I'm not going to pay. And $13.67, you might think I'm cheap right now. $13.67 is a lot of money. That's a lot of money, so I didn't want to pay that. I'm like, okay, are you really about to lie on this app because you don't want to pay and I'm embarrassed. (laughs) I am very embarrassed to be a pastor that I was gonna lie and tell them that it was broken or had missing pieces. I I know I'm a woman of the cloth, and I should have not even (laughs) think about it, but I did not want to pay it, so I was about to lose my integrity for $13.67, It's a silly example, but what about you? There's some decisions that you make that's contrary to who you are, isn't it? The Bible says in Colossians 3.17, and whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you say, Do it as a representative to Jesus Christ. It's almost as if you're being recorded. No one would have known if I had just said broken. No one would have known, but I would have known. And the Lord would have known. And I don't want to put pressure on people and stuff like that. I feel like someone's watching you. I don't want that to happen. We should live this life of faith, like, with joy. But as a believer... We have to know that everything we do and say is representative unto Christ. It is. In our marriages, we need to make up in our mind, and not just our marriages, but our relationships, we need to make up in our mind, what type of person you want to be? And act and react according to that. What type of of person do you want to be? I remember earlier on, um, I was talking to Pastor Stephen's uh, mother. She was fantastic. And I remember asking her, I'm like, who inspired you, like the type of wife and mom that you are? Who inspired you? I was just very curious, and she said, and she named this person, and she said a lot of things. One thing that stood out, she was, like, she was just full of grace. I remember just talking that in my heart, grace, grace, grace. I remember saying, hmm, I think I want to be a woman of grace. And I added to that, I want to be a woman that's fun. I want to be a wife that's fun. I want to be woman of grace. And I want to be a woman that's just fun. That's who I want to be. So I want to react according to that. What about you? Who do you want to be? I know you might be 54 years old saying, uh, it's past that. No, it's not. You can still make a decision as to who you want to be and act according to that. The thing is, it'll be easy for us to make that decision and live in a bubble and not be affected by anything. But the thing is, we make the decision and then life happens. Doesn't it? And a lot of us, we've been hurt by life. So a lot of us, we have a lot of sore spots in that there are areas where people have hurt us, people in our past, people close to us, friends who were supposed to be there that betrayed us, parents, we have sore spots. And for whatever reason, I cannot understand why, but it seems that our spouses or those close to us are anointed to press on those sore spots. And not just press on it. Sometimes they just stomp on it with Timberlands. <laughs> and it's like, you know, that's an area in my life that it's just the Lord is maybe dealing with. Why do you want to touch that? It's like they can't help themselves. Like, oh, you have insecurity issues. Let's just touch that again. Let's just say, for example, you grew up in a home that um, expectations were high and affirmation was very, very low. Okay? Okay. Someone raised their hand, said that was me. Okay, cool. (laughs) And let's say, hypothetically, you decided to clean up your husband's closet, right? Let's say you took time cleaning up your husband's closet. Time that you could have been on YouTube learning how to do a cut crease because that's important. No one understands what the cut crease is. Okay, let's move on. Time that you could have been sleeping. Time that you could have been planning your next restaurant escapade. Let's say you decided to be a great wife, a gracious wife. So you decide to clean your husband's closet, your husband's junkie closet. So let's say you clean up your husband's closet. You vacuum your husband's closet. And let's say you even organize the shoes, all the shoes, hypothetically speaking, again. Let's say... You organize the watches. Let's say you organize the ties and they don't even wear ties and ties are everywhere. Again, we're speaking about a hypothetical situation. Let's say you wanted to be a really, really great wife because you wanna be a really great wife and so you decide to do this really nice thing for your spouse, right? And let's say you were very excited for when they were gonna come home. You were so excited, you just knew that you were gonna get a badge (laughs) or a sash. Like, wife of the century. Like, you would just, you just knew it was going to happen. And so they get home, and you kind of usher them to kind of go in their closet and stuff like that, right? So you take them to go to the closet, and then you're kind of like. And they go in their closet. And they see how clean it is and how dust-free it is and they say nothing. Let's say they say nothing. Not only do they say nothing, but they start complaining about how things have been moved and their life is no longer in order. Let's say they even get on the platform and they preach it. I remember getting so mad. You would have thought that he killed like my doggy or something like that. I remember. I'm like Stephen Rodney Chandler. Like, you know what? The thing is, when I get mad, I'm, I don't really talk a lot. I'm one of those silent serial killer type, you know? So it's like, okay. David, do you want something to eat? <laughs> and he starts to get the clue after a while. No, I think I'm fasting. <laughs> sure. Are you liking your clean closet, Stephen? Do you know how long it took? And then I got silent. I remember just getting so mad in my feelings. Should he have acknowledged how long it took me to clean his closet? Absolutely. Should I have responded like I was crazy and he like forgot my birthday? No, but he touched a sore spot. He reminded me of just how, just growing up, and just being honest. How the expectation for a clean house is there, but the affirmation for keep- keeping the house clean is not. So then he, in his silence, what I kept hearing was, you're, you're not good enough. This thing wasn't, you didn't do your best here. Like you're not, that's not what he was doing. And I became getting just angry and angry and angry. It stole a couple of days out of our marriage. We do that, don't we? You know, life is 10% what happens to us and 90% how we react. So how are you reacting to life? How do you react when you don't feel appreciated? Forget marriage or anything like that. When someone offends you, how do you react? What do you do? And is that how God wants you to? You know, for some of us, when someone touches our buttons or presses us, we get silent, of course. Some of us, we get loud. Oh, you gonna hear about this. (laughs) Some of us, we start to focus on other things. I'm out. Where are you going away from you? (laughs) Or maybe we drink a lot or we eat. Eating is good. Eating a lot when you're upset, that's something else. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The life that you now live, the life that you now live, not how you used to live before. You have, you know you have a choice, right? The life that you now live, how do you wanna live? How do you wanna respond? I have something practical for you. Just pause before you respond. Some of us, it's almost instinctive shutting down or getting loud or retreating or getting rude. Pause before you respond. And this is really good for parents out there. I saw this in my life and it was just fantastic. When I paused before I responded to my kids, life just changed. Because sometimes I'm like, what are you doing? Stop that. Don't do that. Why are you bucking? Because they bucked first. No. It's not nook if you buck out here. Stop it. Pause for a second, count to five, literally. And I realized I started responding more out of grace than so maybe you need to. There's some of you like, I paused and I thought about it. I should have cursed them out and I did. <laughs> I did that. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2:23, when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. My goodness, talking about Jesus. When he suffered, he made no threats. Mm. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Entrust yourself to the Lord. He sees and he responds and he vindicates. So first, pause before he reacts. Second, focus on the best. Focus on the best. How many would say that they married their opposite? You out there. Pastor Stephen and I could not be any different. It's, it's, it's shocking. Like, it's just shocking, extrovert, all the way extrovert. I apologize in advance if I hugged you and you're like, I'm a germaphobe. (laughs) I am extroverted, he is introverted. You might say, no, he's larger than life. Here, this is his safe place and you're there. (laughs) Extrovert, introverted. I like to eat at restaurants that are crowded and like, you know, music is thumping and you almost kind of bump elbows with people and then you start a conversation like, oh, you got that for eat? Oh my goodness, that's amazing. Like, that's what I like. He would rather eat in solitude. Like I don't want to see them. I want nothing to do with them. But we celebrate our differences. We do. I love the fact that my husband is different from me. He's more of a planner. I am not. And I'm more of the free spirit. Okay, sarah, sarah. What do you want to do? I don't know. What is the wind saying? Let's just go. <laughs> Where do you want to eat? I don't know. But I think we should go Bethesda. Let's go to Bethesda. Where do you want? To eat? I don't, I'm sure. Let's just do it. And he's just like no. But he's a planner. And this year, Valentine's Day, oh my gosh, he was amazing. I know there's some kids in the room, so I'll spare you all the details. But it was so good. Ooh, your pastor, he did this. Mm. I'm not gonna tell you all the details again, but, okay, I'll tell you one thing he did. He took photos of every Valentine's Day that we've had together, and he had it in this room. So I thought we were just going to date, but he, um, we ended up going to like this amazing hotel and there were rose petals. I mean, it was just fantastic. I'm like, Stephen, this is so sweet. I would have never planned this, but this is so. <laughs> He's a planner and he takes risks. I don't like risk. I don't, but I'm so glad that he's different from me. Our life is so much more rich because of our differences. It's a great thing that, you, that you're different from your spouse. If you were the same, one of you would be unnecessary. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Anyway, celebrate the differences. Even in your friendships, even in your family, celebrate the differences. You're gonna be different than people. Ruth Graham, Billy Graham's wife, Billy Graham, the great, just American evangelist, they asked her, they said, how do you feel about your husband being gone seven months out of the year? You know, working, evangelizing, and all that. And she said something that just stayed with me. She said, five months with Billy is better than 12 months with any man. I said, go ahead, shorty, my goodness. (laughs) What? That's hard. Did she miss her spouse? I'm sure. But she decided to focus on the best. Maybe you're not married to an American evangelist. Maybe you're married to someone in the military. Or maybe you're married to someone that just has a very demanding job. Like they're gone a lot. And you get mad because you're thinking about the hours that they're putting in their job and they're thinking I'm doing this for you and you're just focusing on all the negative stuff. Focus on the best. You have a choice. We always have a choice. You have a choice about how you feel about the situation that you're in right now. Even in being single, you have a choice about how you feel about the situation. You can hate it. I'm not gonna be another bridesmaid this year. I refuse, I'm not even gonna go. You can be bitter or you can maybe get better in the process. Working on you, maybe? Now's the time to go on vacation to wherever you want within budget. What are you focusing on? The Bible says in Philippians four, you have it up? It says in Philippians four, and now dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable It says, think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. You have a choice about what you think about. So what are you thinking about? Practice gratitude. I encourage you all, just something practical, maybe write down every day two to three things your spouse did well. If you're at home, maybe two to three things your are Your parent did well. There are things that they're doing well. You just don't have eyes to see it. The thing is, a lot of us are very critical of ourselves. So for us to focus, to see something else in someone, we can't even see that. Because all we see is the negatives, right? So maybe where you need to start is start writing down things that you did well for the day. But we can train our eyes to have the right perspective. So yes, focus on the best. The last thing is start first. Start first. I don't know if you know this, but I'm really competitive. Everything is a competition to me. And the thing is, our three-year-old daughter, Zoe, is starting to pick that up and it's just ridiculous. She, like, we race upstairs, especially at the end of the night when it's time to go to sleep. She races upstairs and me being a fun, gracious mom, I let her win, right? But she gets to the top of the stairs and she's just like, ha ha! And she has, like, this, like, taunting voice. And it's just like, you lost mommy. Ha ha ha, you slow, mommy's so slow. Ha ha ha, row row, mommy's is slow, isn't mommy slow? Ha ha ha. And she is just like going for it. And so it started to get to me. I said, I used to run track, I know I'm fast. I got some years on me, but oh my goodness, okay. So I started to beat her. Not like spank her or anything like that, but. I started beat her going upstairs. And sound like, ha-ha! And she would be in tears. And I'm like trying not to laugh on the inside. She's like, mom, I wanna be first. And I'm like, baby, you're not gonna always be first. No, I wanna be first. might like, get over it. But the Bible says, And that was literally the teaching moment for her. But the Bible says in Matthew 20, verse 26 to 28, yet it shall not be so among you. Whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. To love the way God is asking us, we have to intentionally compete to be last. I'll say it again, to love the way God is asking us to, we have to intentionally compete to be last. This is in marriage, this is just in relationship, but it's contrary to our human nature, isn't it? What does that mean to intentionally be last? Okay, put their needs before yours. And I'm gonna tell you something else, and if you don't wanna hear it, please cover your ears because after I tell you, you're gonna be responsible for it. Especially for the married people. I'm waiting to see if someone actually covered their ears. (laughs) Start first. In your relationships, start first. What does that mean? You put the phone down first. You're complaining about them being on social media all the time, but yet you're on your phone too. You put your phone down first. You start the conversation first about how their day was. You start complimenting them first. You start the affection first. You hold their hands first. You compliment them. You celebrate them. You go first. Don't wait. Because a lot of us are just like, I'll do it if she does it first. No, you go first. This is critical especially to men because we follow you. You set the tone in the home. So you go first. You lay your life down first. Listen, it sounds so simple, but it's the simple things that we have the most difficulty with. Because it's hard to put another person's first if after years they have been putting you last. You want me to do what? Go first? To continue to serve. What? We can do that because Christ went first. Didn't he? Did he wait for you to be grateful? Did he wait for you to get your life before he died on the cross for you? He went first. in church, that's the gospel. Christ didn't wait for us. He went first. The Bible says in Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. Oh, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He died for you. So when you were ungrateful, when you were cursing up a storm, when you were sleeping around, when you were cheating on your taxes, somebody. <laughs> he went first. He demonstrated his love for us on the cross. What an extravagant love. I tell you, I have never gotten over this. Oh, I wish you knew I was terrible back in the day. Terrible still. God's working on me. He didn't wait for me. He displayed his love for me on the cross, and guess what? The same love that saved us? Is the same love that's with us now, asking us to love in such an extravagant, selfless way. And hear me, it's the simple things that gets us, isn't it? Lay your life down? (laughs) Is that a joke? No, he did it first. He did it first. And because he did it first, we can. You know, his love, saves, but it also sustains. It's with us right now. Don't you want God's best? You've heard about it. Church, he wants the same for you, but how long will you wait for it? Bow your heads, let's pray. Father, thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for our sins. God, thank you for loving us, for seeing us, God, for being with us. God, I thank you for everyone underneath the sound of my voice. God, I thank you that hope is rising in this room. I thank you, Lord God, those that are tired, Lord God, those that are tired of serving, God, I thank you that you're giving them energy right now in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I thank you that you're reminding us of this extravagant love. And I thank you, Father God, and I give you the glory for it. Write what you are with heads bowed and eyes closed. If you can repeat this prayer after me, say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Give him time to speak to you. For some of you, he's just reminding you of just how you respond. But sometimes if you were to be honest, it's just not that godly. For some of you right now, he's reminding you of just the good attributes of your spouse. I know you're focusing on all the things that irritate you, but right now, he's reminding you of why you love him. And yet for some of you, this message was a little bit hard. You've never even thought about loving this way. Maybe it's because you've never received love this way. But as you've been in this room, as worship has taken place, as the word came forth, you're just feeling a tugging at your heart. You know, maybe you grew up in church, or maybe that's your first time back in a while, but if you were to be honest, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. I have some great news for you. He wants a relationship with you. If that's you, you feel a tug of your heart, say, you know what? I've never experienced this love, but I want to. I thought I'd have to get my life first before, before God would any, want anything from me. But I think I want to. If that's you, it's my honor and my privilege to pray for you. I'm not going to have you come up front or anything like that. But right where you are, with all heads bowed and eyes closed, I just ask that you say this simple prayer. And church, out of encouragement, if you can repeat this prayer with those saying it for the first time, say, Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for t- dying, your son to die on the cross for my sins. Lord, I ask that you come into my life. Lead me, and I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's message. If you want to learn more about our church, check us out at www.yourdestiny.church. Meet our leadership team, find a way to connect with our church, and partner with us through giving. You can also connect with us on social media by visiting our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages. Tune in next week for another message from our pastor, Stephen Chandler.